Hello, it's Sean for Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Before we get started this week on our show, I want to take some time out just to mention in our show notes, there's some links to some good charities that will help out the people in Florida and South Carolina who were affected by Hurricane Ian this past weekend. Last week, as we were recording, Hurricane Ian slammed into the side of the state of Florida near Fort Myers. And as late as I've seen the news, at least 109 people have passed away because of the storm. We'd like to send out our condolences to all their families and friends. And if you could donate just a little bit of money to the Red Cross or any agency that is doing some relief effort in Florida, it would be much appreciated. We hope to provide our Florida listeners some much-needed distraction for maybe an hour. So with that being said, on with our regular program. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very special episode of Ray Free Professional Wrestling. It's going to be our preview for Bound for Glory and WWE Extreme Rules. I'm the stunning one, the former Churchill Cup champion. But by the end of this episode, I'm going to be the first ever intern Churchill Cup champion. But I got two special guest hosts with me. First, you know, you love them. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Peterborough, England, the defender of the Churchill Cup, the longest reigning Churchill Cup champion ever, David the Smart Mark. And the other co-host from the second city, the defender of Chicago and Julia Hart's heart, Jay from the Windy City. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what an introduction. Um, yeah, yeah. What? No, I think Jake, what you were looking for was what? An introduction. <laughs> what an intro? <laughs> okay, gentlemen, we're gonna go right into our control center with our news of the week. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. And I'm going to start off with something that I know Jake has brought up on his social media. It's the lackluster AEW ticket sales as they have lately gone to Washington, D.C. for their third anniversary show, which will be this evening. And the ticket sales have not been as red hot as they were, say, like six months ago. Mm-hmm. So as of that report, uh, there have been uh, 2,265 tickets that have been distributed uh, for the October 5th show and for the October 7th Rampage, which will be um, live as well as a Battle of the Belts uh, number four special taping. They haven't sold as many tickets with only just under 2,000 tickets distributed. Um, you know, according to The Observer, while several other shows have seemingly disappointing ticket advances, it should be noted that the October 12th show in Toronto is sold out, uh, is close to sold out, uh, pretty much. Uh, but so, yeah, as of right now, there are some numbers that are kind of wonky. Um, as of this moment, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the choice of words that I decided to put there. Uh, but you know, like some would argue, um, well, my my opinion is that they've been playing a little too much in the East Coast, uh, lately, uh, especially during this year as well, and they haven't done much of an effort to expand out west. Uh, in in the U.S. West Coast uh, uh, that much, so but yeah, they've been playing a lot of favorite cities, which um, which I, I understand. You know, they have you know they might have loyal fan bases, but you know, there's only so much you know they so much that they can handle, and uh, that's a lot of it's a lot of expensive tickets to to uh, give out uh, when you keep doing these uh, significant markets. David, you got any thoughts about it? No, mate, no jokes yet, but he's on the spot, and um, it, it had reached over here. I had seen the figures. There was, um, I think it was on Dirt Sheet Radio, actually. They put up um, some mapping of these particular arenas that Jake's just touched upon with what had been sold at a certain point, and obviously, you know, disturbingly, none of them had, um, had, had sold out, and I think that that is a trend. Their viewing figures for the last Dynamite weren't great, particularly how they started and how they finished, 
So, obviously, you've got the two peaks. You expect to have a little trough in the middle, allegedly. You know, I think it's worrying. I genuinely do think uh, it's worrying times at AEW, and that's a shame at the moment. They used to expand out to secondary markets. Like, they haven't been to, like, Louisville, Kentucky. I know they haven't done a show in Memphis, Tennessee. There's some other larger cities they can go to besides, say, Chicago, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. I mean, I still would want them to keep those in rotation, but I feel like they have run those cities dry. Absolutely. Like, without, without a doubt. Um, which I am uh, pretty excited next week for that Toronto, Ontario show. Uh, it's going to be their first time in the Canadian market. Uh, we'll see, you know, what uh, what the rewards will be for that show. I'm pretty confident that will do pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they got to do at least something to... They can't keep this going, you know, in the long term going forward. So gotta do at least uh, like a couple of you know secondary markets. They've done a lot of te- uh, they've done a lot of Texas markets too, like you know even the smaller shows, the smaller cities as well. So I mean, we'll just see where it goes from here, and uh, hopefully this will be a huge wake up call for AEW. I'm gonna sort of put a rhetorical question because I think I know the answer to this, but just get confirmation from you two. They haven't seemed to have been back at Daly's place a lot. Like, is that because the NFL season has started? Definitely. I mean, it's pretty open of during uh, during the NFL season, and uh, I, they probably don't want to intrude on that as of right now. But I, they will be back uh, back at Daly's place uh, just to, just before the new year. That they pretty much made that a tradition. Yeah. Okay, mate. Good good stuff. Okay, so our second news story of the week. I want to say on the, our AEW theme here for a second. So AEW has been pulled off of one of our own networks in Mexico, Central and South America, except for Brazil. They were being shown on this, oh, it was on space. Now, I had read this report saying that the idea was to draw them over to the AEW app so they can have that same experience as uh, David does in England where they have the uninterrupted American feed. And what I read from this report was the, the announcers on space were not the best. Apparently, the ones in Brazil were better. Mm-hmm. I see. So, uh, I mean, I, it's it's interesting because like they haven't been. I'm kind of surprised that it's on this this platform, but and not on Fight TV, which is you know the well known you know distri- probably the well known distribution internationally and all that. But uh, yeah, kind of unfortunate news. But uh, hopefully they'll uh, find a home down in Latin America and on South America. Um, hopefully on Fight TV, so they can get that you know un- uninterrupted feed as well as you know with you know with Spanish commentary and. Um, Unfortunately, we've known that uh, uh, there have been some controversies regarding Spanish commentary uh, in the past. So, <laughs> you, guys, you guys remember that uh, bit of racist remark uh, that uh, I think it was Willie Urbina uh, back when they're when they're in Daly's place in the height of the pandemic. So, well, we'll see where where it goes from here. Um, it's it's interesting because there seems to be no continuity um, for any of the companies across worldwide. Now, in theory. I can watch AEW in about six different languages, should I choose to, and with sure. different commentary, different commentary teams. I just I pay for my AEW Plus, which is really nothing a month, and so I can get the live feeds. That's uh, cool. I get the, yeah, it's it's not bad. The, the, and and for some reason the the big shows are not overly expensive. I fight. And I get fight, I get fight credit back as well. So once every three months, I'll get a freebie. But there seems to be no continuity. It seems to be different in Canada. It seems to be different now. Obviously, I didn't even know about this story till Sean brought it up. It's obviously it's different in Mexico. And you know, you you'd expect somewhere like Mexico, surely to be a market that they could tap into and really, really mine. But yeah, especially have... since yeah, especially since they have the the relationship with AAA. Down yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that surprises me is like they haven't made a Mexico City trip yet for AEW Dynamite. I thought after the Toronto one, I think Mexico City is probably the next logical international location. And the reason I thought this story of I found it interesting because it was a Warner owned channel. And oh, by the way, you guys are partners with Warner. I'm gonna like, what do you want your AD- AEW wrestling flagship show being on a Warner channel globally? Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. A little bit concerning as well, but uh, I don't want to make too much uh, out of it. But uh, I mean, you know, I would say the most logical sense is, you know, put on Fight TV internationally since, uh, you know, they they have all the combat sports stuff um, in there. So we'll just see where it goes from here, like I said. Okay, guys, third story of the week. Chris Jericho has been doing this challenge of former Rainar champions. And on Twitter, a certain former Rainar champion has challenged Chris Jericho for a match. And that gentleman is Davey freaking Richard. Ooh, that is going to be very interesting. You know, uh, see where 
I mean, as we remember, you know, Richards did capture the ROH World Championship uh, back in 2011, uh, defeating his longtime tag team partner, Eddie Edwards, for the gold. And then he held the title for over 300 days. Well, here's what we know now. Jericho is already already has his next title defense scheduled. Uh, he'll put the championship on the line against Brian Danielson in Toronto. And there's still one more episode of Diamond to come before then. So it might be possible that uh, Richards might get his wish. So that'll be a pretty, that'll be a pretty interesting. If it's going to be like a, like a random call out or like, you know, like an open challenge, I'd definitely be down for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a decent named match. Um, but obviously, I has Richard's attitude towards wrestling changed? It's, it's well documented. He took on his firefighting career, and fair play to him for that. I know he recently returned, and he's doing principally working, to the best of my knowledge, in MLW. It'd be, you know, maybe a good chance to get him back on back on television, be it on Ring of Honor television, if Tony ever ever comes up with it, or, or even AEW television on a national audience. Let's face it, the three of us are not going to knock watching Chris Jericho, Davey Richards, but would, a bit like, and I'm sure we're going to come on to this, a bit like Bandito on Wednesday night, would it suffer from people going, who's Davey Richards? Mm-hmm. Well, David, you know what you could do is you can have either Rick and Bonnie there at the beginning of the show hyping up, yeah. oh, hey, Davey Richards, this is Davey Richards' history. They can do a promo package with showing us Davey Richards in ROH because they own the tape library. They did that with Bandito. But I still think Wednesday night suffered because people are going, who's he? Okay, David, for like 30 seconds until you saw Bandino start doing his stuff and they're going like, oh, my freaking word, he's freaking good. Yeah, I'm not knocking it. Right, okay. We mentioned it last week, Jake particularly. It's Bandito. We know what Bandito's capable of. Does your average North American casual wrestling fan who will pop in to see Chris Jericho go, who's this guy? And and they've got to they've got to stop and watch it. And 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 I just and they did the they did the package. They did the you know they did Bandito's pass, and it wasn't a bad package. But it's on the night of the show. There's no build. There's no previous weeks build you know it's just on the night and and i'm getting a little bit frustrated with it it's great for me i you know it was it was the highlight of dynamite and and fair play to jericho i'm sure we'll come on to this and i don't want to maybe preempt things but it would be the same with davy richards jake's bob on davy richards versus chris jericho be brilliant but they've got to build it they've got to start building and having some long-term storytelling i'm getting angry now well jake do you want to play peacemaker here <laughs> hey, well, you pretty much said it all, so I'll, <laughs> I don't want to upset any any longer anyway. <laughs> now you're all right, mate. You're all right. Okay, so let's go on to our main story of the week. And I got to say, it's a major story as a legend. And I use the word legend in the truest form of the word here as we're talking about Antonio Inoki. The founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling passed away this weekend at the age of 79. And I been trying to figure out how to describe Anoki because to me he's like a cross between the rock's popularity he might be bigger than a rock when it comes to his generation of japanese wrestler wrestling fans absolutely uh you know he i mean we also we always talk about hulk hogan um being a, a major figure but as far as like as far as like you know pop culture and and also being involved in politically i mean he, antonio Anoki, along with you know giant baba they were like near dear near deities in the country of Japan, I mean Antonio Noki. Um, this is one of those figures where you don't even know where to begin when it comes to the historical legacy and the amount of influence that that he carried. I mean, outside of Ricky Dozan, he's um, very clearly uh, see him as the second biggest figure that went far beyond uh, the realm of professional wrestling in the country of Japan. Um, this is a uh, a major, major figure, obviously. And, but also here's his thing. Like, you know, he has some of his detractors as well. I mean, even though that uh, he is credited as the founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, there was a lot of resentment towards him uh, from the company in later years when he sold it to Ukes. And then uh, finally, uh, it was finally sold to Bushiro many years later um, in terms of like the shape of the company and um, how he changed, you know, the, the, the fighting style of the com- the fighting style of the company um in the in the, in the 2000s so um you know he, he was not like i wouldn't say he was persona on grata but uh you know there was some heat towards him and they pretty much didn't really mention mention him in his in new japan's legacy uh in la- many years later i mean i mean but we did see you know a couple years ago when 
Jushin Thunder Liger retired. Um, he did appear uh, via video um, to give his tribute to um, to give his you know best regards to Jushin Liger, and we know that uh, the Japanese crowd uh, was pleasantly surprised uh, surprised uh, with Antonio Noki appearing on a New Japan uh, product. Uh, you know, considering there is so much news uh, about like s- this rift between um, Antonio Noki and New Japan, uh, but yeah, I mean. One can't argue. I mean, like, he is one of the most important figures. Uh, and, you know, professional wrestling uh, might not even be, like, not even be where it is today if it wasn't for the influence and the legacy of Antonio Inoki. How the hell can I follow that? Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, just make a couple of points, right? For me, being UK, obviously, not being as close to it, um, he's responsible for what I love about Japanese wrestling. I, I, I would put him solely responsible. When I look back in history, Jake, that was just in two or three minutes. That was just that was just mind blowing. And um, I, I appreciate I, it. <laughs> I can't follow that. But what I would say is not just for me as a mark of what I, and, and and I consider us. I don't use mark ever as a derogatory term. I think if you're a wrestling mark, it's because you're a fan and you want to delve into it. I'm um, proud to be a mark, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, so exactly. I use that now, word like proudly. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, he is responsible for what I love about Japanese wrestling, from what I know. He's also, and people forget this, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Whether you can argue this, because it is debatable, he held the WWF. I think it might have even been the WWWF. World Heavyweight Championship for a very short period of time. You look back on the map, the fight, even though it's frigging awful, with Muhammad Ali getting he brought Japanese wrestling and wrestling to the forefront in one of the earliest wrestler boxer matches. Which, let's face it, you won't get a bigger boxer than Muhammad Ali. And also, whenever I need cheering up, I go on YouTube and I look up Great Antonio versus Antonio. Inoki and watch him batter him for real because he he got pissed off in the ring by Antonio thinking he couldn't sell for it. He shouldn't have to sell for him. And if you two, I'm sure you two have seen it, but if you haven't, ladies and gentlemen, anyone who hasn't seen it, go watch it. Just put in Antonio Inoki in YouTube. It will come up as one of the first two or three videos. And it always cheers me up. The guy was a legend. You're right, Jake. He should be up there with Hogan. He should be up there with all those greats that you mentioned. And it is a sad day. Him being lost is a sad day for professional wrestling. Okay, so one other note about Anoki and New Japan Pro Wrestling. I read this morning through our friends at Post Wrestling that New Japan Pro Wrestling was about to announce that they were going to make Antonio Anoki like honorary chairman for yeah. live, and they actually got reached to him September the first, and they agreed. Both sides did, and they were going to announce it at their October Power Struggle card, and unfortunately. Inoki passed away. We like to pass along our sincere condolences to the Inoki family. There's no words I can say that will wrap around what he means to professional wrestling. He's a multiple-time Hall of Famer. I mean, not only was he in the WWE Hall of Fame for the class of 2010, uh, he was part of the inaugural class in 96 for for um, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, uh, as well as the Pro- Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, and Museum in Waterloo, Texas. And and kind of like a minute point as well, uh, part of the WCW Hall of Fame uh, back in 1995. So he's a multiple Hall of Famer. You can argue if uh, and some of those are legit as well. So. You can't have everything, can you? <laughs> can't have everything, so. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. I mean, but here's an interesting point, though. I mean, Terry Funk is, like, he was, like, Antonio Inoki, he was one of six men to get all those Hall of Fames. Um, and Terry Funk is the only one left living. Uh, to get all to get all those Hall of Fames uh, currently, which is kind of, kind of like a insane uh, fact uh, that I just learned today. <laughs> you you won't understand this analogy, Jake. But in the UK, we'd call you a badger, and it's a compliment. <laughs> that's a great. That's, that's a, a compliment. That's, that's not a great an insult. Compliment. Yeah, it's not a, it's not an insult, my friend. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your control center for this week's episode of Ready for Professional Wrestling. Let's slide over to our stunning six questions. Time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our first stunning question of the week. Did the WWE miss a vote in getting this Daniel Carney guy instead of getting Ken Shamrock to be the hope, the special referee for this Lion Den match? Cornier guy, yeah. Who's Cornier this Cornier guy? guy? 
Who's it? God, Jake. Yeah, uh, that's that's really insulting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, Daniel Cormier. I mean, I know that you're not a fan of MMA, uh, Sean, but uh, he he's you know Daniel Cormier in, in the modern time. He is one of the great. He is one of the all time greats in in mixed martial arts and in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. You know, I I get it. Like, yeah. I I love that uh, Austin Brett match back at WrestleMania 13 when it was Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't know if people today would. Well, if if the casual WWE fan today yeah. would know who Ken Shamrock is, um, there might be. You know, obviously, the hardcore fan obviously will. Uh, but with Daniel Cormier, I mean, like, if there's like you know a mix between you know UFC and WWE fans, they know who he is. Uh, he is the he he is right now the uh, the color commentator. You know, um, alongside Joe Rogan um, and. Uh, I mean, and also he is a huge wrestling mark. Uh, you know, yeah. he loves. I mean, he grew up in Louisiana. He was a fan of Mid South wrestling. He is really passionate about the sport. Uh, and uh, and and uh, yeah. So to be honest with you, I think I think DC is a a very interesting choice. So, but and I am really curious to see what he will do out there in the ring. How about you, David? Yeah, I I I, I think I'm not going to be quite as harsh on Sean as, as I, I can see Sean's question, but no. Sure. I agree with you 100%. The WWE have gone for a more up-to-date version of Ken Shamrock. And with all due respect, Sean, Jake's right. Cormier has more legitimacy than Shamrock ever did. The Shamrock analogy obviously comes from him being the world's most dangerous, you know, the world's most dangerous man. He brought his MMA handle over to the WWF or WWE. But Cormier will put young people on it. He, 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 I could see it. Exactly, and this goes back to the point I made earlier. A lot of people, with the, you know, a lot of people going, "Who's this Ken Shamrock geezer?" Um, Daniel Cormier, I know, and 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 don't get me wrong, that's a balanced viewpoint. I can see why you've asked the question, but I can, I th- personally, it, a, a balanced viewpoint. I think Jake's right. I think they've made the right call. Well, I had a fair compromise. They had Cormier do the cover commentary for this match. And Shamrock could be the ref. Your buddy, you're, you're you're dying on a hill that you're willing to <laughs> you're willing to put yourself on. I want to um, see Ken Shamrock one more time in the WWE. I think that's not much to ask for, Jake. I think we will. Uh, I think it, it it probably will be in the Hall of Fame soon. Uh, but I don't know what much he can do left. But you know, good on you for keeping that that standpoint. So. David, if we ever have a tag team match for Radio Free Professional Wrestling, you know who my partner is versus Jake is now. Randy. No. <laughs> big shout out, big man. I hope you will. You out, uh, okay, standing question number two. Which brand would you prefer to have Shark Flair debut, well, re-debut on when she gets back into wrestling? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Why don't you start out, David? And I always Dynamite. keep a hog person. I'm Dynamite. Well, David, that might be a little interesting if a certain person isn't on Dynamite, say, by the time she gets there. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you mean. (laughs) But no, I seriously, that's a 100% straight answer. You ask me, which brand do I want to see Charlotte on? And I want to see her on Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good matches she can have on Dynamite if she was in AEW. Allow me to rephrase this question. On the fly here, which WWE brand would you like to see her on? Okay, okay. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good uh, pretty good right there. Sean just making it up on the fly. Um, I understand what you're yeah I understand what you guys are saying. Um, we don't know what her contract status is in the WWE. Hopefully, we'll find that out uh, very soon. But if you're gonna ask me, I, I would I would personally just switch her up and uh, freshen her up on Raw. Uh, to be honest with you, because like she has like there are like, a ton of good opponents, uh, like fresh opponents for Charlotte uh, on the Raw roster. I mean, obviously they can go back uh, um, to you know that program with Becky Lynch uh, whenever she does come back. But you know, having like having people like Oscar, uh, Candice LeRae, um, even Dakota Kai. I mean, that would be pretty interesting uh, matchup to see uh, for for Charlotte and Io Sky as well. So I mean. It would probably like freshen Charlotte up uh, if she does come back, in my opinion. Boys, I'm going to put a point across, right? The WWE have played in the past on, you know, women's equality and all all this. What about giving them their own show? 
keeping Raw and SmackDown and just having the ladies' division as a show to themselves. Would that be too much? Maybe cut Raw back an hour? Cut SmackDown back an hour? Get rid of NXT? <laughs> and be... have a ladies' division? Have a yeah, well, that would be pretty interesting. I mean, that's kind of it's kind of the same with what New Japan is doing. Uh, they're keeping you know both companies separate. You know, as uh, you know, New Japan has you know the men, the best men's wrestlers. Stardom has the best women's wrestlers in Japan. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too opposed with that idea. Um, I don't know if I don't know if uh, Paul Levesque will actually do it, but uh, that'll be a pretty interesting. Because That'd be a pretty interesting idea. I, I, I'm throwing, I'm throwing against the wall, as we say over here in the UK, without the, without the profanity. I'd like to see it myself because I think it would give them more time. You could cherry pick your better ladies, and then maybe get stuff that you don't see. Shall we say filler? Because you know, one of the reasons that sometimes we sit here and criticise some of the ladies wrestling that we've seen is because it's been put in as filler. They've been given about eight minutes and they've gone so quickly they've panicked and it's not been good. Give them a 20-minute match and say, right, this is your chance to shine. Give them someone who can lead, someone who can book the match, someone who can give them a decent storyline to work with. Because I I know that Sean is probably going to bring something up very soon about ladies wrestling and this is why i brought put the point in because i think it's prevalent i think that maybe they're just being sawn off a little bit in an effort to be politically correct and we've got to get the ladies in the show we've got we've got two ladies world champions we've got tag team champions we've got to get them all in we've got to fit them all in and they're actually being a little bit underslung because they don't get maybe necessarily the one-on-one that they deserve right sometimes it can be rushed too so yeah. Definitely get your point there too. Sean? Okay, guys. I've been sitting here thinking about this as you guys were discussing this. And the thing that comes back to me is how fast would this become 205 Live or become NST UK? Yeah, yeah fair point. That's, that's, fair that's, point. A, very, that's a fair, yeah, fair point, point. Yeah. It all comes down to are the advertisers willing to pay the money for the advertising spots on this all women's brand WWE show? Now, if it's any company can pull this sucker off, it's probably the WWE. I would say they would be able to do it. It would be interesting to see them try it, but there's always this saying, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the WWE seems really to not embrace change, and if they do change, it's very slowly. Yeah, fair point, mate. I can't argue with that. The only the only thing I'd proffer up to that is then maybe make NXT an hour and then put a woman's show of an hour in after it, before it, after it, however you want to, you know, however you see it. But I'll shut up now because you were right, Sean. Sure. I mean, they, they have a lot of talented women. I mean, at least they don't have, at least they don't have Marina Shafir uh, in their system anymore, so. <laughs> I'm sure we're yeah. coming on to that again. Not in this lifetime. <laughs> uh, you don't know me. Well, standing question number three, and I hate to say this because I really try to be the most optimistic person here on Ray Free Professional Wrestling most of the time, but this past week on AEW Dynamite, we had the worst segment in AEW history, I do believe. It's almost up there with that yeah. exploding barbed wire match they had. As we had Soraya come down, we're thinking that she's going to address the issues of her health and stuff and her future in AEW. Yeah. And she kind of did it. She said, like, you know, I am kind of damaged, but I'm not broken. Then she calls out the baby faces of the women's division at AEW. And they come down, and it becomes the most WWE segment I have ever seen on AEW TV. Uh, well, uh, the difference with the exploding barbed wire match is that at least those involved were actually talented. <laughs> 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 We're going for it this week, guys. <laughs> wow. It was, yeah, it was awful. It was cringeworthy. Oh. Um, I think I think Paige mucked up a cues. I think someone backstage mucked up. I think Paige was extremely, sorry, Soraya. Please excuse me. Soraya was extremely nervous, which didn't help, which was surprising. It was interesting. You two may not have seen it, but both her brothers were out on Twitter defending her almost immediately after Dynamite finished. So she got, I think, I think within a week after that triumphant return, they've ruined her. 
oh, she's ruined herself. I don't know, you know, I don't quite know who to blame, where to put the finger, what went wrong. It seemed to be a cluster across the board, really. Yeah, it was a cluster muck uh, across the board. I mean, I don't know, like, where to put on that. I mean, the only saving grace was pretty much, like, Brit <laughs> when Britt Baker yeah. came out and had that, yeah. you know, that gray line is referring to her, her neck. I mean... I was listening, like I was listening to uh, John Pollock and Waiting uh, from Post Wrestling, and they brought up some very interesting points here. Um, it's like when you know Wade brought it up that like his issues with the segment is that it's an ex WWE star, you know, introducing champion negates the value of AEW crowd that already sees in her. Um, so it kind of communicates that you know Tony isn't a star, but I am. So you know. It's mm. it's it's really weird to to see that, and also Soraya's first move in AEW is like it's it's like in a in a WWE style general manager role, yeah. kind of like the authority figure, and then she puts she announces that oh let's make a lumberjack match aside from you know nothing to do with existing criticisms, no better way to make a a roster you know more generic than you know like a mindless good slash bad division i get that you know it's what she's well most well known in for for wwe but you know the quote revolution gives the impression that AEW's women women's division was in like like was already bad uh kind of like divas era divas era bad and an exaggeration when all the audience wants all the audience wants is better airtime better storytelling for the women's division and you know, the division needs a spotlight, not a revolution. Yeah. And this is like, it, it, I mean, Soraya was like Stephanie McMahon I'm, uh, several years back when, you know, announcing like, oh, the women's revolution, quote unquote, in, in WWE. It was almost the exact same thing here. And and the way and also her commentary in the lumberjack match didn't make it any better <laughs> too much to fit in a, too much to fit in like a, in, in a small term uh here on the podcast but yeah it's it's really confusing and we didn't get much answer regarding like Soraya's status as a no. as a as a full-time wrestler which so. is the, which is the point that we wanted now you just said young jay that they didn't get much of the spotlight thrown on them that there wasn't any long-term storytelling that there wasn't any long-term build. Where have we heard that before in the last half hour? You're bang on. And this is what AEW doesn't do. And it's so frustrating. It's just like, you had this brilliant pop last week. Great surprise. And they've blown it already in a week. And and I'm so disappointed. That's right. She had a great reaction when she came out at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And over like a week, it was all ruined. They've ruined it. Um, Sean, I don't know what you think, but I mean, I tuned out by the end of the segment, and you're absolutely bang on. If it isn't the worst, it's up there. Okay, so I'm like the biggest Ray fan. I mean, I just instantly was drawn to her when she was in NXT as Paige, and when she got to the main roster and she had... She was great, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm all there for it. Felt awful for her getting the injury and her having to retire so young. And I was like one of those people last week at AEW, I'm like, I was ready to carry her off out from the ring on my shoulders. And I get to see this promo from her this past week. I'm going, Soraya, you're in the other company. This company was the revolution. This is our response to that other company. You don't have to be the yeah. revolution in this one. Great point. That's great a great point. point. But, yeah, but that's yeah. my main issue is that um, her status says, you know, as a, as a full-time wrestler, I mean, she, I mean, you know, Dave Meltzer reported uh, last week that she's not cleared yet. And then yeah. Soraya, uh, like put out a lashing, uh, to like, Oh, don't listen to the dirt sheet. Uh, don't listen yeah. to the dirt sheet folks. So uh, we'll, we'll talk, I'll, I'll talk uh, next week. And you know, there was nothing. So yeah, really. Yeah. Just, just, just awful. Uh, <laughs> to put that point across to you. I'll just make one quick point And then obviously I'll let Sean move on. You have to bear in mind as well, right? We always make the historical analogy about wrestlers coming from travelers and gypsies and fairground folk. Yeah. The Knight family are the perfect British example of that. WAW, which is um, uh, 
which is uh, Ricky Knight Senior's company in Norwich, um, does well over here in the UK, quite simply because of Ricky Knight. He's, it is the what you saw in that documentary. Obviously, was a little and, and the Rocks film was a little bit Hollywood up, but there's an element, a lot of a lot of truth in it as well. Um, and that, and having met Paige when she was a very very young girl. Um, a teen, as a teenager, just starting her way out in the ring. She's a lovely, lovely kid. The family are really friendly, considering their background. They're absolutely normal. They, they, you know, they speak. They, you know, and and it's such a shame. And I was so, so disappointed at that because she's better than that. And let's hope that it gets recovered later on tonight. Okay, so my final thought on this one was, if I could reboot this sucker. All I would have had her do was come down there, chase the hills off, as they come down and try to cost Tony Storm the title last week. That's all you needed to do. Just show her come down. Maybe let her do sure. one punch or something. Nobody has to touch her. Just run the hills off. Hey, you know what? You bought yourself a narrow week, and maybe eventually we can figure out what we're going to do with her down the road. And you preserve all that yeah, love let her punch and support. Somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, let yeah let her punch somebody. Like you know, I was kind of disappointed that she didn't put like any any uh, physical action. Uh, to be honest with you, so you know, I, I kind of thought we would. So yeah, one take. Fingers crossed for tonight, lads. Exactly. We'll just see what happens. Uh, moving on, yeah. Standing question number four, and this one was kind of surprising because back a couple months ago, Rick Flair asked Ricky Steamboat to be his opponent for Rick Flair's last match, and Ricky Steamboat turned it down, saying he didn't want to be in a match that would take away from his legacy. Now, we have learned that he's going to have a match here coming up for Big Time Wrestling, and he's teaming up with FTR, and they're going to face Brock Anderson, Jay Lethal, and a surprise mystery partner, and that mystery partner is not Brian Pillman Jr., then there's no such thing mm. as Art Anderson and Four Horsemen. So what are your thoughts? You've answered, you've answered your own question, really. Um, it's interesting to see today that I've read that Kel's surprise that Flair regrets now having his um, announced last match and wants another one. And I've only seen that today. I don't know whether you guys have had a chance to see it yet. But yeah, based, right. on, based on the last match, I don't think he should, you know, again, I think we're probably united in saying, Rick, leave your legacy be. Let us remember you as we should remember you. The actual Steamboat match that you've just mentioned, um, Sean, I ain't got a problem with that. If Steamboat's all right and a six-man tag, he's he's got plenty of chance to do a bit of smoke and mirrors, to rest him, to look after him, and he's in there with some great people that are going to look after him. So I ain't got a major drama with that. I probably want to see it. He doesn't have to take a, a lot of bumps, so no. that's probably a good thing too. So, Yeah, me too. I'm like thinking... FTR is the perfect team to put him with. They can tag in and out with him. All he needs to do is just a couple of chops and a couple of arm drags, and you're going to send everybody home happy. Yeah. All that. But the question, uh, I'll, I'll put my state in there. Um, you know, we heard <laughs> a couple of weeks ago that, uh, well, it's been you know a little bit of a week that, you know, Flair regretted make, promoting it as his last match. Uh, but, you know, again, that would be disrespectful to the people that attended his last match. But you can say the same thing of, uh, to, about the people that attended his first retirement match uh, <laughs> back at WrestleMania 24. So take that as you would. Um, you know, Flair still has the bug for wrestling. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's but I, I you know, but I, I am still excited to see Ricky. Um, coming back to the ring. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, I think uh, his last match uh, was, I think it was uh, back in 2010 in the Indies, but obviously his last televised match was against Jericho in that, in, in uh, back in Backlash in 2009, which is pretty badass in itself. So <laughs> we'll just see what, you know, what he looks like, you know, 12 years on. Okay, gentlemen, standing question number five for the week. Mickey James is on this tour in Impact Wrestling where if she loses a match, she ends her career. And coming up this weekend for Bound for Glory, she's facing off against Mia Yim. My question to you, gentlemen, is is Mia Yim the person to end Mickey James' career? I don't think so. Um, I don't like that idea, to be honest with you, but um, I, I wish I could have seen like a 
me a more significant person to 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 do that with. But uh, I don't know if Miyim's the the type of uh, uh, the person to do that. But this is my opinion. Right, the only person that should do that in current form, if she'll, if they can persuade her to do it, for me, is Gal Kim. That's David, a, yeah, that's a good choice. David, I agree that with would you. be me. I'd watch that. I'd pay to watch that. If it's me, out of respect for Mickey James and Gal Kim. Gal Kim and Mickey James, yeah, that would be the, yeah, that would be the perfect program to do that. John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're going to do, go down the road, that would be one match I would see that happening. The only other person on Impact's roster I think is up to that level is Deanna Perrazzo. We have having another Deanna Perrazzo match, and she could be the one that retards Mickey James. You can argue Chelsea Green too, probably. Um, you know she has a ton of heat uh, on her too. But yeah, I mean this would be yeah it'll be pretty interesting uh, what Mickey James will continue to do after this. Okay, gentlemen, sixth and final stunning question this week, and it's actually from David. David reached out to me this morning and said, have you noticed the Twitter feud between Andrade and Sammy Guevara? So, Ooh. David, whose side are you on? Yeah, you start <laughs> off here, David. <laughs> yeah, fair point. As I put me all in. Um, I just I found it hugely entertaining. I genuinely did. There's a common denominator here, and there's no two ways about it. In the UK, we call him a shit magnet. Sorry, Sean. Get the swear box out. We call him a shit magnet, in which that he just draws trouble towards him, and that's Sammy Guevara. All right, Andrade, since he's been in AEW, he's been underused. You could argue we could go. That's another story. But he's not been involved in controversy, which for AEW is a minor miracle. But Sammy, <laughs> let's face it, has. Yep. You know. Um. So. There's, there's a common denominator here, really, for me. I'm not on any side. I found it hugely entertaining. But Jake said it last week on the show. Someone needs to pick up a phone and sort his bloody roster out because it's embarrassing. For me, it's funny and fine. And we, you know, we think what's going on behind the screen. And to be fair, the heroes of the week with this Twitter food feed, feud, whatever you want, have been MJF and Ricky Starks. Um, because some of their tweets involved in it just like a drop-down funny. So I'm not on any side, but I think it's made me laugh this week. But two schools of thought, Tony needs to pick his phone up and sort it out. And what the hell is going on? I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like Sammy Guevara, it, he has become... X-Pac turn away heat for me. Um, look, look. as much as he is a heel, uh, I just hate him so much. I just want to change the channel. I mean, and it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, two years ago, Sammy Guevara was on the verge of becoming a well-liked superstar. Um, and he was on the verge of getting there in AEW. And, you know, seeing how much of an immature kid he is, he's 30 years old. And he's, you know, he's still acting like he's a, you know, he's a, juvenile delinquent especially online and you know his stock has dropped since then um he just needs to grow up i mean ethan page said it best i mean he's the human pr nightmare uh during, during one of his promos and and you know he verbally eviscerated him and i don't think there has ever been a more apt description of him than that so i i don't know i mean you know tony khan you know, really needs to deal with him like fast. Like, <laughs> if it's, if, I mean, if he does cross a line and nothing happens, like, I don't know what to, what will you do with him? I mean, look, Sammy Guevara. You know, are we just? I'm not going to sit here and preach that you know he's a good high flying wrestler when you got Dante Martin, you got Ray Phoenix, you got Jungle Boy, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian. Um, you know, Bandito as well. I mean, he just he does a cool flip every once in a while, but I, I just genuinely don't understand why AEW has kept him around. He causes issues backstage. Uh, you know, has seeing what he did, uh, what he called um, Eddie Kingston, and uh, you see, you see the issues uh, there that came up. Uh, has some of the worst feuds on TV. Can't even cut a promo to save his life. Uh, he's just a PR nightmare all throughout. I mean, he's he's just a he's just a whiny little bitch, as far as I'm concerned. 
you go, Jake. You go on, son. Give it to him. Okay, like gen- okay, gentlemen. If I was Tony Khan, I would freaking suspend Sammy Guevara without pay for maybe 30 to 60 days. And I would hire me a freaking PR person that would control all the Twitter of my professor wrestlers. And I would have them sign agreements saying, you can have Twitter as long as you stay in character. You don't say anything negatory about the company or another wrestler in the company unless it was storyline based. Yeah. Yep. Context. Yeah. Just context. Yep, Everything to do with context. Yeah. I mean, basically, Tony Khan is basically going to have to lay in the bed he's made already because he's let the prisoner, prisoners run the asylum for so long now. They have free reign. They don't care to say stuff on Twitter now about each other. And you would never see this in any other professional wrestling company. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I can't, um, I can't disagree with anything that's been said. It's made me laugh this week. I'll be honest; it has made me laugh. But um, you know, it's just like Tony. It comes back to Jake's point last week. Tony needs to get on the phone and he needs to sort his company out and he needs to stop being mates with them. He needs to stop being buddies with them and he needs to be professional and run it like a boss. And and I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. Look, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I really appreciate that Tony Khan is supporting his wrestlers. Uh, he, he gets along with them and, uh, you know, he's doing, he's doing a lot for them outside of the company and all the goodwill he does, like as far as like, uh, as far as like Brody Lee's uh, family, and then and all and uh, all he does for the as far as like you know supporting them and supporting his wrestlers when they're going through hard times, like what he did for like uh, helping out John Moxley during his recovery. Um, but yeah, at a certain point, there is a line that you shouldn't cross. And you know, I don't, I don't mind. Like you know, I'm, I'm friends with my boss. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, outside, outside of work. I mean, you know, we, we just talk about like, hey, how's your family doing? Uh, is everything doing well? I mean, you know, I've, you know, my, you know, my, my boss. Like, he's one of the best bosses I ever had. So, uh, but uh, yeah, at, at, at a certain point, like you gotta, you gotta put the, put the line down. I mean, you know, we didn't see that with Vince McMahon. I mean, uh, he 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 rules with the iron fist, and uh, but you know, not not in that way as like a as a dictator, uh, like or like like as a political dictator. Uh, you know, he yeah, you know, he loves his uh, his wrestlers as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, we know where the line the line is drawn. That was Vince McMahon. So and and I want I, I really want to see Tony Khan do the same thing. Yeah, agreed. Exactly. I don't think there's a better way to wrap up the seventy six question than the way Jake just did. So we're sliding over to. Our interim Churchill Cup challenge as we preview Bound for Glory from Impact Wrestling and WWE Extreme Rules. It's time for the Winston Churchill Cup. So, gentlemen, do you have a choice in which card you want to preview first? Let's do Extreme Rules first. That's uh, one I'm like most curious about. So, <laughs> okay, gentlemen. The order of selection is going to go as follows. We're going to have Jake be the first pick since he's the news host of the show. Then we'll have David do the second pick, and I will do the last pick. So first matchup, we are going to the Extreme Rules SmackDown Women's Championship match. It's Liv Warren versus Ronda Rasley. Jake, who are you taking, and how do you see this match finishing? Ooh, uh, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. This will be very interesting. I, I think Ronda regains here, to be honest with you. Um, probably by the uh, by the armbar submission by the armbar. Yeah. Good choice, Jake. How about you, David? Oh right, okay. I thought that was Jake's match. So we all been. We're doing all the matches. We're making picks for each match. Yeah, yeah. Run, run, run to win by submission. Okay, so I'm gonna be the one to go different here. I'm picking Liv Warren, Liv Warren to beat Ronda Rasley by pinfall. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> now. Yeah. My heart's a heart saying that I kind of agree with you, gentlemen. I do believe Ronda Rousey might win this title from Liv Warren. Is Liv Warren a heel or a face? Do we know by chance? Yeah, I mean, you know, Liv Morgan. I the the way that uh, they booked uh, their finishes lately, uh, and then the crowd didn't really uh, didn't really like serve up uh, well to her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what she is. I mean, <laughs> what do you think that is, Jake? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gentlemen, we're going to the second match. 
it's the fight pit match with MMA superstar Daniel Cormier being the special referee. Let it go, Sean. Let it go. So Matt Real versus Seth Rollins. Jake, who are you taking? Oh, I'm gonna say Matt Riddle. Um, gets his you know moments on on Rollins. <laughs> and Jake, are you taking it by submission? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, David, how about you? I'm gonna presume this is gonna be pre-recorded, and then not. Gonna That's have interesting. Fun. Yeah, well, this, this will, that's the most interesting one. Will, will it be a cinematic? Cinematic. Too? Yeah, I think it will. I, <laughs> I, I think it will. It might, you know, well, maybe outside the arena they've dug a pit and they're just going to throw Riddle and call me a. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I'm going to go with uh, Rollins. Um, okay. I don't know by what. Um, I'm going to go by pin, by pinfall after shenanigans. Will it be like? Will this match be like the Boneyard match? Yeah, yeah <laughs> where yeah, he, he gets I've he gets buried in a pit, and then Riddle gets buried in a pit. Yeah, I've got visions. No, Jake, seriously, I've got visions <laughs> of it, mate. I've got visions of it. Matt Hardy will come over from AEW resurrected as you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna take Matt Riddle to win by submission here, and we're gonna move on to our next match. It's a strap match. It's Drew McIntyre versus. <laughs> Carrying Cross, Jake, who oh are you boy. taking? I'm pretty sure it's going to be Drew McIntyre uh, winning this. And it, it, strap match is is it is this some um, pin or submission? I think or I wonder if it's going to be like you have a touch on four corners or it's going to be pin or submission. Sure, so surely, surely it's going to be called a four corners match. If it's just sure, strap. okay, okay. So the most common rule of victory is to achieve a pinfall, uh, as it says here in Wikipedia. So yeah, my. <laughs> I don't. I don't expect this to be. A, I don't expect this to be a long match. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I don't know where this is gonna go, but I'm probably gonna go with Drew uh, for uh, for the pinfall victory. Yeah, okay. I, I'm saying Drew, Drew, Drew by pinfall. Okay, I'm going Kieran Cross, and I'm gonna go by Gosh. submission, and he's gonna touch all four corners. All four corners. <laughs> That'll be pretty interesting if, the, if that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the real winner of that match will be Kieran Cross because he gets to touch Scarlet. Yep. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> okay, so our fourth match on this card is the ladder match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. It's Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Um, Jake, who are you picking? Who's going to climb the ladder and get the title? I don't see Bianca losing it, to be honest with you. I, I, I just don't see it. I mean, as, as great as Bailey is in this heel character, um, I think this feud is going to continue on. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have significant time on this match, but I do see Bianca climbing up the ladder and retrieving the belt um, at the end of all things. Well, I'm going with Bailey because I can't stand Bianca Belair. She has the worst gimmick in wrestling with that stupid hair. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just the, gonna. I'm the just hair gonna, is the win. Oh, I hate win. it. I really, genuinely hate it. Um, any any opponent with any sense, they're just tied it to the ropes with it. You know, but anyway, that's that's wrestling booking. So I'm going Bailey um, to climb the ladder and get it, um, and and it'll be one I should get the toilet in. Yeah. To be objective here, like yeah, Bianca, uh, she doesn't have the best promos <laughs> as of right now. Her voice is kind of <laughs> weird in itself. As no yeah. But anyway, no offense, go on, Sean. I wonder who you're going with here, Sean. Well, I'm going to shock both of you guys. I'm going to pick Bailey to actually win this title. And I do wow. believe that control is going to come down and interfere in this match. And they may somehow subdue Bianca Belair as Bailey's making that climb. I want to see Demis Control have all to go at, at the end of the night. So do you think this will be the War Games match uh, coming up in Survivor Series? Yeah, it looks like it, doesn't it? The build. Yeah, the build. Yeah, every, every sign is pointing to that it's going to be Team Bianca Belair versus Team Bailey. Yeah. Which means actually probably I'm in the wrong here, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I never can. I let personal bias get in the <laughs> way of, um, you know, booking logic. Okay, gentlemen, our next match is Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. Jake, who's going to utter the words, I quit? Oh, man, I don't know where to go here. <laughs> this is a tough, this is a, this is a tough one. I'll probably do a shock here. I'm going to go with Finn Balor. Uh, oh, actually, well, I, I never, never. Let me just say this: Edge will be the one to say I quit, and then Finn Balor will take the victory. Um, 
probably just to shake probably just to shake uh, things up here <laughs> for a little bit. So I actually um, I'm going with Finn Balor as well, but I don't think Edge will utter the words "I quit." I think something will happen, like he'll have a big weight put on him or something will put on him. He'll maybe, be he'll, out. maybe he'll pass out. Maybe he'll pass yeah, out. passed out, knocked out, and the referee has to do a referee stoppage. That's what I'm going for. That Edge isn't going to actually utter the words "I quit," but Balor wins. Well, David and Jake, since you are going Balor, I was originally going to pick Finn Balor to be my choice for this match, but I'm going to flip it. I'm going to have Edge carry the day here, and he's going to submit Finn Balor. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Does Edge know a, a submission hold by chance? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's not a submission match, dude. <laughs> Stop it. Don't make me go again. Next. <laughs> okay, the last match on this card, and I just went down to Wikipedia's list here, so this is not the main event. It's the six-man tag. It's Imperium versus the Browning Brutes. So, Jake, who are you taking? Ooh. Um, I mean, I, I still have to go with Imperium to win this. Probably um, probably one of them will pin. Uh, probably uh, I, I probably Gunther will pin Sheamus. Uh, probably that'll be the, the finish right there. But this will be... Yeah, this will be... a. Um, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a fun match to watch, uh, nonetheless. So it's going to be all hell breaks, all hell breaks loose, and we'll go the other way too. So uh, I, I agree. I'm going Imperium by pinfall, and hopefully Ridge Holland doesn't injure anyone, including yeah, himself, true. including himself. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to play the smart. I'm going to say that Imperium wins this match, and Walter's going to pin Sheamus for the victory. And I'm going to go wash my mouth out with mouthwash right now. <laughs> extreme, rules. extreme rules everybody yeah. okay ladies and gentlemen let's go over to bound for freaking glory presented by impact wrestling oh no do we have to <laughs> and sean i i picked uh, i picked first for extreme rules let's have david to pick first <laughs> oh you swine <laughs> for all I've, these matches <laughs> i've gone off you wait the hockey season starts You'll get it. okay gentlemen <laughs> First match we're going to talk about, Jake Alexander versus Eddie Edwards. It's a single match for the Impact World Championship. So, David, who do you have? Eddie Edwards or do you have Josh Alexander? Um, are we not doing Brian Myers versus To Be Confirmed as the dark match? Well, I thought I would save that for a second until we get to the end here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I've been premature. Not for the first time. Um, Josh, oh, Josh Alexander retains. Yeah, by, by pinfall. Let's go. Yeah, let's go with that. Ditto. Yeah, I mean, Josh Alexander, he's, uh, as much as I, like, I, I don't watch Impact, like, every week, but the, the times I do, I mean, he's he's pretty badass as the champion, so I can't see him uh, losing anytime soon, so. Okay, gentlemen, I'm going with Josh Alexander to retain his title, and he will submit Eddie Edwards. Submits, yeah, submits pretty good, is a pretty, uh, pretty good prediction, too, yeah. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, next match up on this card is for the Impact Knockout World Championship. We have Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich. David, who do you have? <laughs> who? Masha, Masha Slamovich. Um, <laughs> um, Jordan, Grace, Jordan Grace retains by a pinfall. Why are you doing this to me, Full Burkhead? Why? Uh, ditto. Uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, what 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 does Masha have to offer? That's all I have to say. So. <laughs> Mash your potatoes. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, it's gonna be a clean sweep here because I'm taking Jordan Grace to retain her title by pinfall. Allow us go to the fourth match on this card. It's for the tag team titles in Impact Wrestling, as we have the OGK Kingdom representing Honor No More. That's Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. Versus the Motor City Machine Guns. David, who you got? I'm going to go with the fucking... Let, let's step it up. I'm going with the uh, Motor City Machine Guns to uh, regain the uh, Impact Tag Team Championships by pinfall. Yep, uh, did it as well. Uh, oh, the machine, wow. uh, Because, like, yeah, the Machine Guns, uh, <laughs> I grew up watching them when uh, back when it was TNA, and uh, I, I still yeah. I still love them to this day. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> and they were, yeah. they were tremendous as the Tag Team Champions back then, so I would love to... I would love to see them have one more run yeah. uh, as the tag champions again. So, Same sentiment there, mate. Okay, so to be different in this sort of fact that I really do like Maria Canellas Bennett, yeah. I'm, I'm keeping with the champs. I'm going to roll with the OGK Kingdom. Yeah, 
by <laughs> pinfall. Fair enough. Mar- yeah. Uh, can I can I can I make an admission uh, here, guys? Go ahead. I mean, Maria is so talented, and uh, she's she's my number. Yeah, uh, she's been my crush uh, in wrestling ever since I was a little <laughs> kid. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, I have to do it. Hey. I mean, I'm giving you a hard time here again, Sean. So I just want to put that out there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Maria is Maria is awesome. <laughs> ever she, since I was, I was, ever since I started watching wrestling when I was seven. So, I gotta, I gotta make that admission, guys. So, <laughs> I, I, mate, I have to say, shortly after they were, they were, they left the WWE. Sean pointed me out in the, in a documentary of Mike Bennett when he went out on the road and just did really small indie indie uh, an indie tour in the roughest of weathers and the pair of them in that documentary came over as such lovely people genuinely lovely people worth checking out it's on youtube okay gentlemen our next match on this card is for the impact s division title as mike speedball belly versus frankie kazarian david who do you have right um again i'm going with um Heart rather than head. I'm going to take Frankie Kazarian to win by pinfall, even though I know he won't. So I cannot stomach Mike Bailey in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I would love to see Frankie Kazarian um, uh, win here. So, um, but um, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, Kaz is a, is a TNA X Division original. So you know what? I'm going to take the risk here, uh, and I'm going to put the hill uh, to die on and probably be wrong, willing to be wrong here as well. So I'm going to go with Frankie. Well, thank you for the free point here because I'm taking Mike Speedball Belly to retain the X Division title by pinfall so I can get a second point. Yeah, you probably will as well. <laughs> probably will, so. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, we're up to the sixth match on this card. It is called a career-threatening match, quote-unquote, as Mia Yim faces off against Mickey James. David, who's going to win this match? Mickey James pinfall. There can only be any other result and impact of lost the plot. Mickey James by pinfall. Exactly. Yeah, I this, mean, is gonna, like, this is going to be a clean sweep here. It's Mickey James by pinfall for myself as well. Go ahead, Jake. Finish your point. I, 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 like, why would this be the the last match for Mickey James? <laughs> that's all. I, that's all I have to say. See, I agree with you. I'm like, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at this and it's saying this is Bound for Glory, and Bound for Glory is supposed to be Impact's WrestleMania. This shouldn't be on the card. Mickey James should be wrestling somebody else. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. We're on to the sub-match on this card as we're having a Impact Knockout Tag Team Championship match between Team Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo versus Tyler Vattery and Jessica. David, who you got? Uh, um, and the crowd went mild. Um, <laughs> Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo retained by Pinfall. I don't think this is going to be a um, a long match as well. It's probably going to be uh, fairly short, probably even a squash. So I love uh, Chelsea and Deanna, so I'm going to pick them for uh, – and the finish will be pinfall. Okay, gentlemen, another clean sweep here because I do enjoy me some Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo as a team. <laughs> so I'll say pinfall <laughs> as well. So let's go back to the very first match here. No, 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 no. Call your shot gauntlet match. There are 20 wrestlers that we can pick from. <laughs> this could be the difference. And I've got first pick, you sneaky little Knoxvilleian, you. Okay, go ahead. Wait, 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 Sean, Sean did you did you intentionally do that? It's like avoid that. Well, I will come back to it, but let's go ahead and pick it now, David. <laughs> well, I would like to pick Mr. Fish, because the way it's phrased, the winner receives a trophy and a contract. They can invoke any time within a year. So I'm going to pick the unsigned at this point, Mr. Robert Albert Percival Troutbag Fish <laughs> to win to win the 20-man Call Your Shot Gauntlet. So let, let's uh, let's mention, uh, for, for, for people who don't know, uh, the participants involved will be PCO, uh, Rich Swan, uh, Gazelle Shaw, Heath, uh, some guy called a uh, Boo Pinder uh, Gajar. I don't even know. <laughs> well, uh, well done, mate. Well is, done. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> um, Bobby Fish, Steve Macklin, Moose, and Sammy Callahan. Oh, uh, Sammy Callahan, he sucks so much. Um, but other than that, it's like I, I agree. I have to go with Bobby Fish. I mean, he's. I mean, he he's st- like, he's a, he's the most interesting guy to um, 
in in the program right now. Um, I, I think the crowd's uh, behind him. So, and um, he, he has a lot of like internet buzz right now. So I'm uh, I, I can't uh, can't uh, deny can't be like you know. And the mighty local the mighty local hero will make his debut as well. Joe Hendry will make his debut in that match. I'm predicting. Can I get a bonus point for that? <laughs> okay, fine, David. You can, okay? So allow me to select my choice for this match. I'm going with okay. Moose. Ew. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I want a point, and I got a feeling that Moose is going to go back to the main event scene and get that title off Johnson Edo Center somehow, some way. Hey, we're even... Hey, we're even now. You, you. Um, I'll probably. I'm willing to lose a point, and you're willing to lose a point. So there you go. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Our last match of the evening is for the Impact Digital Media Championship, as Brian Myers is going to face to be determined. David, who you got? I'm going to take Brian Myers by pinfall to be to to retain. The only worry I've got is that that's the match that Joe Hendry makes his. Um, his debut in, and I really hope it isn't. I hope they let him into the battle royal so he can have a strong showing. But it wouldn't at all surprise me that he's in the dark match because they'll match up a little bit for size. Um, so we'll wait and see. But Brian Myers to retain. So who's? I'm not really familiar with this. Uh, who's the the most rumored uh, that will uh, come out of this? Uh, that uh, that will uh, accept the challenge. Don't know. Genuinely, I'm just making um, I'm just making a shot because I know Joe Hendry's due to start in Impact, and Bound for Glory is a great place for him to make his debut. Okay, Jake, since I... you're the newest one of us on this podcast, I will give you a bit of information here. There has been a little bit of Twitter go back and forth between Brian Mars and Joe Hendry, so it could be a possibility that's the most mentioned person so far. Okay, it could be. Oh yeah, okay, it could be Joe Hendry. Um. Maybe I'll come out of the loop, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Brian Myers versus Matt Cardona. That might be an interesting uh, pick uh, pick there, but I do expect Brian Myers to win, since like you know they both have the history there. So <laughs> Well, since nobody's brave enough to pick to be determined, allow me. I'm picking Joe Henry <laughs> to... I'm thinking Joe Henry to debut in this match and win the digital media title from Brian Myers, and that will allow me, by pinball, that will give me two points. <laughs> i tell you what, mate, I'll quite happily lose a point to see that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that me has too. been the your Churchill Cup <laughs> Challenge here on Radio Free Professor Wrestling. Before we go, please go over to Radio Free PW on Twitter. Give us a follow, a like. Jake, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Jake Allnar, A-L-L-O-N-A-R. You can also follow me on Instagram at jakeallnar.mp4. And uh, it's one hell of a week. Uh, and we've we've done this for over an hour, for an hour and twenty minutes. So this might be one of our longest uh, shows yet. So, but I'm, but you know, I'm still <laughs> I'm still energetic, and uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to all all uh, to both of you, man. David, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, Big Duds uh, at dbrightly6. Um, always a pleasure, never a chore. And you can always find me at Ken Shamrock's biggest fan. Oh, one, <laughs> two, three, four on Twitter. No, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. Follow follow your show's host at RPW Sean. Let me just let me just say something first. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to make a goal here. So hopefully, within the next year that all three of us can do a, a show in person. So that is my that is my wish list uh, uh, for, the, for the next year. <laughs> Don't sit me next to Burkett. <laughs> I'll be in the middle, sir. <laughs> can I go get Michael Cole's coal mine so I can be inside the coal mine? <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We love you, people. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and even Jake and David, I wish you a stunning rest of your week. Say stunning. Brother. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.